2: On air and online at the ticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Strick and Austin. That it is. Welcome into Hour 2 on the Thursday. I'm Austin Norman. He's a Oscar Hall of Famer, 9-year NBA vet. Repping the NBPA today, Mr. Eric Strickland. Congrats on the win again, Stricky. Man, finally got in back the off building. the
3: snipe, man. Going into Thirsty Thursday. What a better day than the... Get a win on a thirsty Thursday. I feel good about it. You won't won. know I might have to stay around. Ooh, okay. I okay. I think I might, man. We'll see.
2: <laughs> stay tuned. Yes so sure. we get the best of both worlds. You win, and we get to give something away anyways. Yes, we do. So, uh the question uh that you had all break to answer, we got a good number of responses on. There is a winner. There is a right answer to this question. Uh the question was, how many Heisman trophy winners? Uh, won the award while playing for USC, including Reggie Bush. Strick, your number again was... Six. Six was the guess. The correct answer is eight, including Reggie Bush. So, Chubby Rhino, you are the winner of those tickets. (laughs) We're going to take your word for it. We're going to take your word for it. I had a couple people... In the guest, he was pretty quick. He was pretty quick and with the
3: no Google, so he he was on it.
2: We'll give him credit for it. Uh, Seven would have been right, except we are counting Reggie Bush. He did win the Heisman. It's not like they ended up taking it away and giving it to someone else. So, for all intents and purposes, Reggie Bush won the Heisman. That makes eight. So, then the list of winners from USC Caleb Williams last year. You had three in a four-year stretch, Carson Palmer, 2002, Matt Leinart, 2004, Reggie Bush, 2005. Then there's a a pretty big gap between Marcus Allen in 1981. You had Charles White in 79, uh, OJ, The Juice in 68,
3: and Mike Garrett in 1965. That's... Dang it. I I forgot about two of them. I forgot about... Actually, I forgot about White, and I didn't Mm -hmm. know about Garrett, so that's why... Kind of six was, was mm-hmm. kind of a number for me. But, hey, Chubby Rhino,
2: congratulations. Yeah, swing by the station and pick those tickets up. We'll get back into that a little bit because I think it ties in really well with where we want to go with our next segment. 402 um, 464 if you have any thoughts on anything we're talking about. Strick, I learned uh, recently that college football has a Comeback Player of the Year award. Didn't know that. Hmm. So this comeback player of the year award is given out uh, by college sports communicators in partnership with the Fiesta bowl uh, of all things. And it's been an award dating all the way back to 2018. Some notable winners um, include Jake Luton, a former quarterback for Oregon state. You had Jarek Broussard at Colorado, Mackenzie Milton and Aiden Hutchinson won it in 2021. And then last year, I think was really a banner year for the award. You had Michael Penix jr. Coming off the injury at Indiana, transfers to Washington, has a great year. Uh, Layatu Latu, who transferred out of Washington after a neck head injury, goes to UCLA, plays really well, going to be drafted pretty high this coming draft, I think. And Mo Ibrahim of Minnesota, who tears his Achilles less than a game into the 2021 season, uh, comes back, rushes, does his thing for Minnesota last year. All all interesting, all, I think, worthy selections, especially last year, but On this year's award watch list, I mean, it's a long list. There's a lot of people from a lot of different teams and conferences, a lot of Big Ten guys, but two of them are from Nebraska for very different reasons. And this is why I'm kind of puzzled by this award. One of them makes sense, and that's Thomas Fidoni II. The the tight end, uh, we know out of Iowa, Nebraska gets him. Hasn't really seen the field, hasn't made his impact on Nebraska yet. If you're telling me comeback player of the year award, yeah, the guy that's had a couple ACL surgeries, yeah. hasn't seen the field yet, sure. That's a that's a typical candidate. The one that puzzles me is Jeff Sims. <laughs> Jeff Sims is listed on the comeback player of the year odd, right? award watch list. Yeah. And
3: that makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean, because he was he a was guy at Georgia Tech. So it's like, um, you know, what is he coming back from? That's my question. Yeah. So...
2: The The website, the the College Sports Communicators... Yeah, what is the criteria for that? That's just what I was okay, going to tell you. Oh, my
3: gosh. Okay, I'm wondering. My mind just started rambling on that one. It didn't make sense. Make it make sense. I, it's I, not math in for me.
2: It's not math in for me either. I don't even know if this explanation is, is going to help. So, from the website, the the people that give out the award says, Since 2018, the award has recognized college football student-athletes from all divisions of college football for overcoming injury. Okay. Illness. Sure. Or other circumstances? (laughs) That is so incredibly broad and vague, and I still don't understand how that fits. Like, is Jeff Sims a comeback player from Georgia Tech having a bad record? Guess he also had a bad record last year.
3: Yeah, everybody. Nebraska. A lot of people.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh. He chose to transfer. He wasn't kicked out.
3: How how is not, like, Casey Thompson not on there? It's a great question. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, because... uh, if you if that's your threshold, or that you I, I don't know, um, is it do is this a thing where they give deference to the big programs too? How come not like somebody from Tulane or?
2: Well, no, there are plenty of, of small schools. in Oh, there, there are. As well. Okay, yes. good. Um, I was wondering.
3: I was yeah. Yeah. East
2: Carolina. Okay. Tulsa. Um, I'll get through the Big Ten reps in just a sec. Um, but it's mostly Power Five. But UTSA, Army, Bowling Green, Central Michigan, okay. Ohio, New Mexico. Um, Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern, Marshall, Texas State, South Dakota, Holy Cross, Northwestern State. So here's State. my
3: question for yeah. you, right? That, that I did that for a reason because I really wanted to just test this. and to, it, My mind is kind of weird sometimes. <laughs> we um, When you look at that, that the, the, this whole uh, criteria deal, does the little guys – The Ohio's, the Navy's, the Tulsa's, do they have to do something astronomically, you know, more crazy of the stat than those in the power five schools? I just got a question. And look, it's not a it's probably not an answer to that. Soderhaman text line. You can throw it out. You know, kind of it's kind of just an objective, you know, feel. You know, do you think they would have to do something astronomical? Like, for example, like, just let, let's just let me, I'm gonna give you just kind of a visual example. So, like, say Shador Sanders, right, was injured mm-hmm. down at Jackson State, right? He comes back, he goes for 45, you know, or a McNair type of season, but he goes for like 4,800 yards, 70% completion, uh, 42 touchdowns with two inter, uh, interceptions. Does he have a chance uh, against uh Cade McNamara at Iowa who has a 63 completion rate, you know, his team goes 11 and 1. He has only 3,3200 3, passing yards. He has 22 touchdowns with eight interceptions. And they go to the college or they go to the Big 10 championship and win it. Does that make a difference? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it should, but my issue is I think it does. I'm with you. So I think
2: you're onto something, too, because the very first year of the award, the winners were from Kent State, Dartmouth, and Carson Newman. The second year of the award, they're from Oregon State, Georgia Southern, and Salisbury. Since then, it's been All Power Five schools and Coastal Carolina. So I think it's tended to go to the bigger boys. And again, Penix came back from a a huge season ending injury. Mm -hmm. Mo Ibrahim did the same. And Thundernought Collins brings up a good point on the text line. Didn't Sims only play in seven games because he got hurt? He did. My pushback would be that was a foot sprain. Yeah, it kept him out of games, but Fedoni's injuries were worse than Sims were. Mm -hmm. Ibrahim is, his injuries were worse than Jeff Sims was. So yes, you're right. I suppose it's maybe not as questionable as I would have thought. But I don't think Jeff Simms is overcoming nearly as much adversity as Thomas Fedoni was. Mm-hmm. I agree. Which also mm. then, Strick, brings me to some of the other nominees from the Big Ten. Also on the list,
3: Cade
0: McNamara. <laughs> I knew you
1: was going to say it. Cade McNamara.
0: I, he that's got why managed. I
3: started laughing. I freaking knew. Look, there's some telepath, some tele, uh, telepathy going on here. Look at us. Because I freaking knew you was going to say Cade mm-hmm. McNamara. I'm saying the same thing. I'm like, How? How? That was a big thing that jumped off at me. Like, how? Chris Hauptman Bell makes sense. Injured again. And look, I'm even. I'm even throwing out there Blake Corum. Like, right. I'm, I'm. I'm okay with Cade. I mean, not, I'm not okay with Cade actually. But
2: that one makes no sense.
3: Blake Corum, I'm kind of like, uh, come on, my guy. He, 14, 14 grand on the rushes. You were there for most of it. Yes, you missed towards the tail end of it, but. Nah, I'm not rolling with that one. That's a setup. That's a setup for him to win this award. Like, who who has the best chance? Just looking at the list that we have in front of us here, notables. Who 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 of that notable group Austin has the best chance? That that you as you're looking at it, based on what they did last year or whatever, in their which which person you think? I I really think that honestly
2: it's Kate. If Iowa wins the Big Ten West.
3: I think it's Blake Corum.
2: Corum's there.
3: I think I think uh, if Michigan – uh, we're going to get said. into Michigan. We are. But mm-hmm. I, I think if Michigan does anything close to what we're talking about and this, this award's out here. Now, if he wins, if he happens to win in the Doke or any of the other ones, they're not going to give it to him for this. No. They're going to no. give it to somebody else. So mm-hmm. we know there's the politics of that part of it. But I think if he doesn't and he has just a – you know, he has a pretty good year – it's balanced out by Edwards and, you know, he's not at that elite level that it's possible. He could win it. I don't disagree. I I, I think him, I would even say that Tyler Van Dyke would be ahead of Cade McNamara for me.
2: Van Dyke had a shoulder injury. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I would throw him in before Cade. That's just my, my thought.
2: And of course, as we're saying this, McNamara is banged up a little bit, but Farron said he expects him back for the first game. Yeah. So again Cade McNamara is returning from getting benched. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that's that's the- And again, that's certainly adversity. I don't want to minimize it. But getting benched is a completely different struggle than coming back from, in some areas, what would have been a career-ending it. Yeah, agreed. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just how you view what a comeback is. Maybe I'm being short-sighted, but I think the way we're talking about it is how we traditionally view comeback player of the year awards, like especially in pro leagues, right? Yeah. Think about it in the NBA, NFL, MLB. It doesn't go from someone who had a down year to a really good year, again. It goes with someone that was coming off of like injured reserve mm-hmm. or a season-ending injury mm-hmm. that came back and mm-hmm. was at their level. That's how this award has traditionally worked, and I think that's the framing.
3: I don't have no pushback on
2: that. Let's get into Michigan, then.
3: Yeah. Where are you at with them? Are they title good? Big um, Ten title good? I think they have all the components, but it's not going to be for what most people would think, uh, which would be on the offensive side of the ball. Um, it is going to be partial for that for me as far Mm -hmm. as my thoughts on it and i'll and i'll tell you what my partial uh is and that's uh jj mccarthy i think jj mccarthy um now getting a full season at the helm a full season camp held Mm -hmm. it's different i'm telling you it's different and 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 again it goes back to And understanding that Steve Nash is a great player, but it's different when you don't have somebody you have to look over your shoulder and wonder, if I make these mistakes, if I do this, this guy is coming. You play with so much more freedom. There's a different level of confidence. You walk with your shoulders a little bit higher, your head's up. You know you're a little bit more vocal probably because you know I'm him. Right? Absolutely. I think that makes a difference in in McCarthy. And so with McCarthy being that, him having the season, he's an excellent uh, play-action passer, excellent play-action passer, with the running game that you have, a two-headed monster in Edwards as well as Corum, that's going to um, take away obvious situations. It's going to give, you know, spread out as far as the way you have to cover the scheming you have mm-hmm. to do you you're just not going to be able to hone in focus yes you may want to take away the run game but the issue that they have is that Ronnie Bell who was their top receiver is no longer there he's in the NFL now this even makes them more dangerous to me he's not a there's not a significant number one on that team mm-hmm. this means it's going to be spread out targets are going to be spread out amongst all different players You've got Romaine Wilson, Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, Tyler Morris, tight ends Colston Loveland, as well as A.J. Barner. So I think for me, that's going to make them a little bit more difficult. You know, you will know ones will emerge, but that's going to make them a little bit. But, but here's the issue I think that's going to differentiate them as far as a championship contender. One of the issues they had last year in the loss to TCU was turnovers. I mean, they turned it over on the goal line, uh, you know, fourth down, a couple of fumbles. It was turnovers, and they lost in a barn burner to them. What was it, 50, 50? 50, 52, 45, 50, I think. 51 to 45. Yeah. Okay. So, he's back, focused. Mm-hmm. The team has this part that I think is going to be better this year, and that's the defensive side of the ball. I think at the defense, um, you know, yes, you use Mozzie Smith, Mike Morris. They're, they're draft picks. They were big in the trenches. But then Chris Jenkins, uh, he returns at the defensive tackle position. He looks to be great there. Um, they they definitely have some good defensive ends. You got Braden McGregor as well as Jalen Harrell. Uh, they're both going to be there. Uh, Derek Moore, who is looking to break out for them as well. Um so they've got some transfers. They've got some people that are going to be coming in, one of them being a U.M. transfer uh, in Coastal Carolina, which was Josiah Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's there. I mean, they, they on the defensive side of the ball, their secondary looks strong. Um, there's, you know, Will Johnson, who had emerged as one of the better cornerbacks out there. We've got some young players. So I like – the combination and the versatility that they bring to it, as long as those guys step up and their defense is is remains dominant, then I think they'll have a chance.
2: I'm with you. I would say relative to competition, their receivers worry me a little bit. They don't have Ohio State-level no elite doubt. receivers, but Wilson and Johnson are plenty good enough, right? So I don't think that's a weakness, maybe a relative weakness to some degree. And they've got to find pass rush again. Right. They were pretty good at getting after the quarterback last year, but they're gonna need Josiah Stewart to be that guy, uh, coming off the edge as a transfer, like you mentioned, from Coastal Carolina. Mm-hmm. They stopped the run. They're they're pretty good at that. I mean TCU did <laughs> some stuff to them that I don't think they'd seen before. I think yeah. that, you know, makes them mad and they'll, you know, come back better for it. But for the most part, Michigan stopped the run pretty well last year. But Penn State has the better pass rush right now. I trust Penn State's defense in terms of getting after the quarterback even more can Michigan find that gear, right? They had Pay, they had Aiden Hutchinson, you know, a few years ago, a couple of years ago. It was fine last year. I mean, good, mm-hmm. not elite, no. right? So if you can get after Max Duggan a little bit more, uh, if you can, you know, keep up the the assault on Ohio State's quarterbacks, to me, those are the two areas that I don't say, I, I wouldn't say I'm worried about Michigan, but relative to the rest of the team, I think that's what I'm going to be watching for them.
3: Okay. Okay. Huh.
2: Who has a better shot at the title, Michigan or Ohio State? National title, I should say.
3: I'm going to say Michigan's more built for it. Hmm. The only reason is I'm just – I'm not certain. We know the importance of a quarterback position. We do. I just, I'm just not sure or sold until I see more. I just need to see more. At this point in time, where we stand, I think I feel more comfortable with J.J. McCarthy um, young, but – gets it knows understands what they need understands what they want and coming in with a little bit greater confidence I, I, understanding that he's got 2 to 3 years to make mm-hmm. it work i think he's looking to break out
2: obviously he wasn't draft eligible last year right now jj mccarthy is he a, a first round guy second round guy third round guy later
3: i, I don't think he should play with it this year this is too many is too many quarterbacks i (laughs) mean if you have caleb caleb williams considering staying due to the fact that not only not understanding who may draft him Mm -hmm. if he's the first or second quarterback off the board but it's it's a deep draft it's a deep quarterback draft and i think um you know uh the only way you do that is if your numbers are just super stellar and you're back in the playoffs, but you're, you're winning. Like I'm, I'm talking about you beating the Georgia. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you do that, I mean, because look, right, right now I got a question. How's Stetson Bennett doing? That was going to be the comp I was going to use. Yeah. Does, if,
2: let's say Michigan accomplishes its goal. Let's say it, it wins the title. J.J. McCarthy would have taken them to those two straight playoffs as the starting quarterback and won a national championship. Does he get that Stetson Bennett narrative boost?
3: That's what I was thinking. That that Mm -hmm. that's the only thing that the picture that came to my mind was him. All I began to see is Mm -hmm. is what he developed to be, and then that would be a. a, And I'm telling, he had to have a stellar season though. It'd have to Mm -hmm. be elite level season, not just you know getting by, you know, the hair of his chinny chin chin type season. He really has to have an elite season.
2: Oh yeah, I mean Stutz and Bennett put up numbers, right? Mm -hmm. But think about where JJ McCarthy was ranked coming out of IMG in his recruiting class. And where Stetson Bennett was. J.J. Yeah. McCarthy wasn't walking on anywhere yeah. like Stetson Bennett was. J.J. McCarthy wasn't getting the boot, essentially, hey, we don't have room for you anymore, go somewhere else, and then being led back on the team. like J.J. McCarthy already, I think, holds a higher spot in people's minds than Stetson Bennett ever did until the draft process, right? Because now I think part of the challenge for McCarthy's Strick is that we know he has a good running game, we know he has a dominant offensive line, But what we've seen from Stetson Bennett, what we've seen from Bama's quarterbacks, Clemson's quarterbacks, um, in LSU with Joe Burrow, there comes a time when you need your quarterback to be the man, to step up and make a key throw. It might not be, you know, the last play of the game, heave a Hail Mary down the field. It might be early second quarter. The other team, you know, just capitalized off a turnover. Uh, they're rolling. You need to convert this third and seven to keep the ball. You convert that into a score. Everything's back on track, right? Mm-hmm. There are times you need your quarterback to be the unquestioned, unquestionable dude. Make a play. J.J. McCarthy hasn't done that. That's
3: what, yeah. He
2: needs to prove he yeah. can do that.
3: Yeah. That's the issue I had. I just don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I, I say there's nothing greater to have than the running game that you have with a, right. with that two-headed monster that you do have there with the line. Um, with a solid defense, and really, if you're J.J. McCarthy, what do you have to do to have success? You just need to move the chains. Right. Just just move the chains. You get into the red zone, and the whole playbook opens for you, you know, in – with spreading the ball around there's not anybody they're going to be able to hone in you -hmm. just need to read the the coverages and the defense and make sure you pick up whatever blitzes or anything you just need to freaking know what's happening around you and just make the right plays you don't have to do nothing super special except when it opens up and an opportunity Mm -hmm. presents itself be on target Mm -hmm. you know and you know what I think about when I when I when I'm talking about that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the old Star Wars movie, um, uh, not uh, the first one, which was the third New version, New Hope. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy, <laughs> and I'm just thinking about. I'm thinking about Luke Skywalker going into you know the Death Star and he's just rolling out, and everything's breaking down for him. Mm-hmm. All the components not working, the targeting system's not on point. Vader's on his tail.: Yeah, you know, his, 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 his wingmens are dropping off. you've got that pressure behind. you've got to figure, you've got to drop it because if you don't, everybody's done for, and you just got to stay focused. Mm -hmm. just stay focused whatever you've prepared for whatever you've studied for whatever film you've worked on know the know the know the coverages know the the blitzes know what they're trying to do who they're trying to take away and just be on target when it presents itself you're gonna have a great season
2: do we need to rename him jedi mccarthy
3: (laughs) oh yeah that would be funny yeah he kind of looks like uh, luke skywalker
2: (laughs) is jim harbaugh his yoda Or is Obi-Wan?
3: Probably Obi-Wan.
2: J.J. McCarthy, find your Yoda. (laughs) That's what you have to do to uh, have a successful season and be a first-round quarterback next year. He's Eric Strickland. I'm Austin Norman. We're a little bit late to a break. We'll take one. We'll be right back. Continue on the block next.